the disagreement is turning pretty dark. We have a divided nation. We have a very divided nation. We seem to be living in a time of utter tribalism. If it's true to you, then it's true. No, it's not. In order to be able to think, you have to risk being offensive. I mean, look at the conversation we're having right now. Nothing is as important as the truth of God revealed in Scripture. Welcome to Disagree With Me, a podcast dedicated to considerate conversations on taboo topics. My name is Angel Rodriguez, and uh, I'm back to have another considerate conversation. Caleb isn't here with us because he's enjoying being married, something I guess that's important or something. I don't know. He just got married, so he's... It's it's his excuse, but I guess we'll we'll let it slide this time. Um, but joining us once more is Mr. Dan Warsham. Hey, Dan, welcome back. Hello, welcome. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we were talking before the before we hit record, and I said you were a repeat customer, but you said you're a repeat <laughs> repeat offender. Yeah, it just depends on who's watching, I guess. True. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh yeah welcome back to uh we had a good conversation last time so hopefully I'm yeah gonna, this is gonna be a good one too okay yeah um and i don't know how much disagreement that, again like last time i don't know how much disagreement there will be between the two of us but i'm sure yeah that'll watch us that will disagree with some of the things we say and uh because we're going to be talking about crt um which is critical race theory definitely a taboo topic so yes oh yeah 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 and it's been popping up everywhere like in the past yeah. that i've noticed like the past few months like uh state legislatures voting against teaching it in schools and all yeah. this other stuff and then people on the other side saying like oh this is just because uh, they don't want to teach anti-racism but uh yeah you definitely spend more time than me like formally uh studying crt so I guess if you could tell us like what what is it and why sure. did, why are you interested in it and and what got you started in in researching? Yeah. So I feel like there's there's so much that could be covered in asking what is it? Um essentially it's it's a theory just as it talks of critical race theory um and it's a way of kind of deconstructing and handling uh, racial issues, so civil rights issues, um, sort of from a different angle than the classical civil rights movement. So it has roots in what was called back in the critical law theory. It's kind of where it got its its start. There's a few uh, kingpins, a few founding fathers in the modern era of this type of thinking right around the first civil rights movement, but they were first attacked or handled the legislature and, and looked at how law was handled in the United States and how that was disproportionately affecting uh, blacks specifically, but also other minorities and uh, groups like that. Uh, and that just kind of evolved over the years and it has become this whole system of thinking, whole system of uh, viewing the world, it doesn't stop at race. The, now we see uh, uh, 
gender theory and all, all these other types of theories that work on the same tenets or very similar tenets to uh, critical race theory. So essentially, it's just it's got a really deep history spanning back with this name back to the civil rights movement in the 60s. Um, but really, you can follow this type of philosophy way back. Okay. Um, yep. So, so would you agree with the statement, Dan, are all white people are racist, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, that, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, it, it's kind of something that's, you've been able to smell in the air for the past few years. Like yeah. you're just waiting for people to kind of start saying that. Yeah. Um, and then when it, the critical race theory started popping up more by name, um, people were wholeheartedly adopting that. Mm-hmm. And it really is. There's a lot of people who are like, well, no, we're just, we just want to take pieces of it and teach it. If you're going to teach it right, it is that racism is normative. That yeah. means it's the default. Um, and especially if you're part of an oppressive class, which is whites, um, that you can't help it. Mm-hmm. In fact, the, the tenet is that you can't be innocent in race if you're yeah. white. You're you're guilty as charged, and you can't. If we were to lose, if we were to use religious, you know, Christian terms, can't repent of it. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty dangerous thing to set and to just take pieces from to teach in your schools. Like it doesn't reconcile with truth. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's true. That's one of the things that, like like I said, I haven't like formally studied it as you have, but looking out into the culture, um, going to to uh state school for for two years seeing seeing it there well mm-hmm. like it wasn't like explicitly said like this is we're getting this from critical race theory the same assumptions are are being held of yeah white people are inherently racist mm-hmm. just because of the culture that we live in um that race affects everything literally it is yeah. it's like the one of the if not the one determining factor whether you live a successful life or not in this country. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that's a dangerous, dangerous uh, idea. So I'm definitely not yeah. a, not a supporter of CRT and I'm, I know that you're not either. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Not so much. So, so I guess if, if you like from your research and what you work at a, at a, at a church. Right? Yeah. And so I'm, this is, yeah. So this is one of the things that I've seen. Um, not just because you mentioned schools and stuff like, hey, yeah, we'll take little bits of pieces of it. But churches are not doing this too. And, and Christian institutions are saying, oh, well, we don't have to like believe the worldview, but we can take the 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 truths that, that come from it. Right. And and you said that you can't do that. And I guess, no. why can't you? <laughs> yeah, that's like, if you're going to take, another type of ideology first of all why would you if you're christian it's sufficient you have the word of god you don't need anything outside of that you don't need to follow cleverly devised myths paul says right Mm -hmm. we we don't need to look to outside sources i mean solomon says of many books and words uh there is no end but the word of the uh the one shepherd are like goads nails firmly fixed like we don't need anything else in the church um, but if you're going to say that you're going to just borrow these ideas, at least look into 
what the philosophy says as a whole. Yeah. Everything you people people have this myth or this idea that things are can just be neutral if you just dabble in them. Um, but they'll everything has its conclusion if you follow it to its, you know, if you follow to its logical conclusion, it goes somewhere. Yeah. It has a claim. Um, I heard someone I was talking to recently on this the same top topic uh, was reading a book kind of addressing how CRT is uh, affecting culture um, and possibly the church. I, I don't remember the title of the book offhand, but are you saying that it was just saying that all philosophies uh, have three main claims that you should be able to identify before you accept them? And one is uh, the beginning of all things. Mm -hmm. So you have a presumption or you have a claim about whether or not everything came into being randomly or whether it was created by God or created by many gods. You know, there's, there's different presumptions about that. Um, there's also the fall in every philosophy. Everybody can see uh, whether you're a, a Nazi or <laughs> a Marxist or you know, some extreme thing or some uh, muddy down version of any philosophy, you can all see that the world has fallen. So you have a philosophy as to why it's fallen. And then redemption is the final thing. Everybody's got a plan for redemption. Um, and ours is in Christ. But many others are in themselves or in a certain stronghold like the federal government or some other savior or critical race theory, this ideology is going to save us. Um, everybody has those three tenets. They have our eternal, what brought us into existence, the fall, and then redemption. So if you actually toy out critical race theory, um, all of its main philosophers and, and a lot of its supporters are going to, in some way, pay homage to evolutionary biology. The presumption that either there is no God or he has very little bearing on this universe. That's a huge presumption to accept as when you're a part of the church. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fall, whose, whose fault is it? Critical race theory would say it's colonialism, it's whiteness, it's all of these other uh, mm -hmm. issues. And then the redemption is this new way of thinking, this deconstruction of society, uh, this um, antithesis to what's been in effect for so many years. Uh, that's the savior. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's basically replacing, like you said, you can't just take one of those things because it's either if you, you replace the, the origin story of, of Christianity, the, the true, right? Like God created us, right. you replace that with, with that, then there is no God, right? You can't yeah. be a Christian without God. Yeah. Uh, the fall, if we're not, if if you're gonna say that only a specific group of people are sinners, white people or the oppressors or whatever, like yeah, when the Bible says all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, like yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's crazy that that churches are like saying, yeah, we can borrow from these. Uh, I think what plays into it is there's a lot of really highly respected teachers mm -hmm. um, that are coming out in favor of it by 
a lot of them I have seen have, have put out one idea that kind of makes it makes people pause and makes people kind of accept it, at least to some degree. Yeah. And this is even and not in that super far progressive churches, which are just taking it on wholeheartedly. Um, this is in um, more respected uh yeah. organizations and stuff. Uh, they'll they'll push the idea of corporate guilt. Yeah. Um, and so that's on the surface, that sounds really reasonable. That you know, well, all have sinned. That means there's corporate guilt, right? Yeah. So um, we're born into sin, right? So that means corporate guilt. Mm-hmm. I would say on that level and that level only, there is corporate guilt. But guess what? I, I have I have two children of my own. It wouldn't. It didn't take long before, you know, you want them to do one thing and they do another. Yeah. <laughs> there's personal guilt right there. <laughs> They're yeah. tiny little children, and there's personal guilt. Um, there is no need to uh, add on to them the guilt of any other person. And I, I've seen all of these uh, big teachers point out these verses, and they're always talking about like kings and leaders and pointing out that that's corporate guilt that's structural guilt and forgetting to attribute the sin to that king who sinned which is a strange in itself and then the other thing that's completely ignored is the scripture that handles individual guilt i I think the most important one for us to remember is in ezekiel 18 um and it says I don't want to butcher it, so I'll, I'll just read it. It says, the, the soul who sins shall die. Yeah. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And I'm, that's also in reference to the old law, too. There was a king in uh, Second Kings who w- faced the position where he could have punished the offspring of people. And he said, no, that's, that's against God's law. Um, they won't be held guilty for the sins of their fathers. Um, and that's true. We're held accountable for our own sin. And I do think that sins can be passed down so we can be taught. Yeah. Racism. Yeah. Sins, sins do carry themselves down generationally. Um, unless you repent. Yeah. True. Unless you change your ways, just yeah. that's what God's saying in, in in Ezekiel 18 is okay, change, yeah, and you won't and you won't die, <laughs> no, for sure. And yeah. I have, I personally like, well, not personally, but there are people in um around me that have that do believe in that idea of like um the way that they explained it because they, they're like, yeah, there is systemic racism. And when asked the same question that I asked you, if all white people are racist, they would answer yes. And their reasoning would be because um, all of us have sinned and all of us are partial. Therefore, all white Christians, all, specifically all white Christians, what's the, the question asked, are racist yeah and wow (laughs) yeah so i will admit this all white christians are imperfect yeah all all christians all christians are are yeah Yeah. (laughs) all people are sinners for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and 
yeah, it's, it, it's, man. Yeah. So yeah. I think the way that you answered the question before, I mean, that's a perfect answer for somebody that would say something like that. Um, but do you, do you think that, um, because this is what people say, right? They'll say, well, yeah, you're not the one with slaves, but you're the one that's benefiting from the effects of the slave trade. And there are people today that are being, that are suffering because their ancestors were enslaved or um, treated mm -hmm. unjustly because of their race. How would you answer that? Yeah. So one thing I, I would point out is that's usually talked about in the terms of privilege. So I'm, I'm benefiting from something, but they're often talking about, well, it's your privilege. You're, you're privileged to be experiencing this, that, and the other. Um, I would change that term to blessing. Okay. So I think that's a more biblical way to, to view that. That's the most often word that you'll see it addressed as. It doesn't say privilege as much in most of the <laughs> translations. Um, but is who it does, wrong, who do is it wrong to be blessed? <laughs> right. So where do all blessings flow from? Yeah. God. Yeah. And whether or not I, first of all, as a Christian, I should think that I don't deserve it. That's right. Yeah. Even, even the work of my hands, the fruit of my labor, should I really expect it all to come to fruition? That's by the grace of God. That's the blessing from God that even the, the fruit of my own hands is established. Um, so all of those things are blessings. Who am I to question who God wants to bless and who God doesn't bless temporally? Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing that's left out is not only that view of it being a blessing, but also is monetary gain and material wealth always a blessing in scripture? No. <laughs> yeah. In fact, blessed are, you know, the poor in spirit, oftentimes, or it used to be so often that the poor physically were going to be more poor in spirit. What I think critical race theory and some of these other things does is reverse that and make, give a haughty spirit to people who are maybe downtrodden by society, downtrodden by um, things, circumstances, mm -hmm. um, lack of the gospel, lack of positive influences, lack of fathers in the household, all of these things do affect your life and cause it to be a harder road. Um, and if you adopt a, a theory like this, you're now entitled and haughty. Yeah. And that's, that's not poor in spirit. Yeah. So that that's, I guess how I'd answer that. <laughs> but, Good answer, man. Um, yeah. I, 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 I guess that's what I'm going to start doing now. Instead of saying, privilege it's like blessing and it's not wrong to be blessed. white blessing yeah, yeah. <laughs> white blessing white blessing <laughs> blessing in general <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't deny that i'm blessed i i, I you've see, i've seen a lot of people try to really defend why well, i worked so hard to get here i did that and that's yeah. i don't think that's for yeah. that you may have like that's there's not nothing wrong with hard work in fact that's also scriptural. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you shouldn't be idle. You should be hardworking. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that, you know, don't have to be prideful in that either. God exactly. still gave you it. Exactly. But, yeah. You know. I, 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 um, when I used to go to, when I was at Whitewater, there was a conversation or like a event held by a group on campus that was all lives matter versus black lives matter. 
Mm-hmm. And I went to this event. And um, it was supposed to be like a debate between the two sides. Yeah. And uh, I, and then they, they like opened up to discussion for the people in the audience. And I believe I was the only person there on the All Lives Matter side of things. And everybody else is on the Black Lives Matter side of things. And I said something to the effect of, um, because people were talking about how oppressed, and, and I'll say this, most of the people in that room, probably like maybe one or, with the exception of one or two people were minority students, either black or Hispanic sure. mostly, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, they were all talking about how, yeah, like we were so oppressed. This is our country's holding us down and this and whatnot and talking about stories from their neighborhoods and interactions with police and whatnot. Mm. And I raised my hand and I said, you know, I, I, um, I don't know what you're talking about when you talk about these things because my parents don't even speak English. First and foremost, like we're from a different country. We're immigrants. So we're Mm -hmm. not white. Like, um, we should be the ones being oppressed, correct? And my parents um, own a grocery store, and like they they got me to college. Like I am in college because yeah. my parents worked very very hard. And I also said something to the effect of because I, I lived in in Beloit at the time. Yeah. And um, and I work in in this town called Beloit. For people listening, probably don't know <laughs> where Beloit is, <laughs> but um. I was just like, you know, I live in Beloit and there's people killing each other. There's like, unfortunately, this, and right now, honestly, in the year 2021, there's been a lot of murders and, and it's yeah. mostly black people and, and Hispanic people. I, I said that back then too. I was like, you know, it's mostly like, it's black people killing black people, Hispanic people killing Hispanic people. It's not the white person coming in and, and killing minorities it's right us quote unquote us i don't i don't really like to we're all just people whatever yeah <laughs> and so there was a gentleman that looked at me and was like everything what you just said was a microaggression like it's not true like it kind of like i was like what do you <laughs> what do you mean and and then after i left i was like thinking in my mind i was like what are we what are we um Every everybody in this room, like I said, with the exception of one or two people, is a minority, and we're we're all the oppressed. All the oppressed people got in one room, and we're all talking about how oppressed we are, as we're all going to to college. More more than likely, being uh, financed by our, like we're not paying for some of it. I I specifically got a got a that same year I got a scholarship or a grant that I didn't ask for. It was just given to me. Sure. Specifically because I'm Hispanic. <laughs> like yeah. that was like part of the thing. They're like, oh hey, you're Hispanic. Uh yeah. so we do this grant because you're a minority yeah. student. I was like, I didn't ask for this. You gave it to me. Yep. And now I'm gonna I'm supposed to turn around and say I'm oppressed. <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm blessed. Like, yeah. Does racism exist? Yes. Yeah. Are there racist people out there? Yes. But do I believe that the system as critical race theory posits is uh, built to to keep minority people down no um yeah so that's yeah that's awesome i i, I think 
that is something that is probably pretty hilarious to a lot of other countries. Um, actually oppressed people around the world looking yeah. at pretty much any American. I mean, yeah, uh, there are some homeless people who make a good chunk of change each year in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I think I won't say that they're not downtrodden in some ways, but yeah. like compared to the homeless in Sudan or, yeah. or somewhere like the Dominican it, Republic, like the Dominican. Yeah. 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 Right. So that's the thing. I, I grew up going to a Spanish church and like we would, uh, most of the people, 99% of the congregation is immigrants. We're, I'm an immigrant from another country. And so to us, we're like, we'd have conversations where we're like, there's no poor people in America. Like yeah. talk, the poor people in America have 60 inch screen TVs and, yeah, yeah. and wear Nikes and, and yeah. have iPhones, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. there's no, poor it's all people. relative. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's all relative. And I, and I think that's the problem I have with, with uh, CRT is that it's, um, it's making problems where there aren't none. I think that's that's literally because of how blessed we are as a country hmm. that we can we have the ability to make um, mountains out of molehills, right? Yeah. And and be like, well, I'm so oppressed. Yeah, as as you're like literally sitting in your air conditioned house. Yeah, um, you turn One of the on safest countries in the world, yeah, and <laughs> exactly right, <laughs> and, yeah. and and you're. And all these people that are like blasting this message everywhere on social media, right? And they're on their phones blasting okay, it to the world. You, yeah. You, yeah, that's a, that's that's one of the biggest problems I with CRT is is yeah that idea. And yeah, I, yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was gonna say just another difficult thing with uh, it is just the definitions that yeah. people have discovered that the best way to take the world by storm is to just redefine terms. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that the adversary has known that for a very long time. That's mm -hmm. the, the oldest trick in the book. Uh, the curse of Babel, if you will, <laughs> like um, just changing the definition of words slowly or quickly. Yeah. Um, but the word racism, yeah, I was if you were ask to ask, <laughs> yeah. Ask the average Christian to define racism. Um and if they're sensitive to maybe critical race theory or trying to be very sensitive to racial issues, which is not a, a bad thing uh, to be sensitive to that, um, it's going to be difficult because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, how, how far do I go with this definition? I need to make it kind of vague, you yeah. know. Um, but really, if we're going to biblically define it, we need sin, right? We need to attribute it to actual sins. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't see a lot of people trying to do that. Um, I think one of the best handles of it was from Doug Wilson, who I know you, you've listened to and Caleb has some involvement with uh, Canon Press and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he handled it, I thought, really well and just actually nailing it down to, as he saw it from his perspective, the sins that would encompass true racial sins mm -hmm. um, and from one angle it's ethnic vainglory or eth ethnic vanity ethnic yeah. pride um, that's the the sin that you actually believe because of your race 
because of who you are, a people or a color of skin or whatever it is that you think you are above another people or color of skin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's vanity. That's pride. That's uh, that's sin. Um, but then the other way, and I think it's just as legitimate, is coming from envy. So if you're thinking from whatever ethnicity or skin color or group that you are in, and you are looking at another one and desiring what they have, whatever blessings God has given them or allowed them to have, uh, you want that, you envy that, you covet that. Sin, envy, covetousness Mm -hmm. is a sin. Um, So both of those things, as I I see it, probably encompass all of the true racism. Yeah. Um, But it's been expanded, that term, even in the critical race theory uh, literature, it's been expanded to mean just about anything in regards to race and just about any action that whites or the systems that they handle um, do are in some form racism. racism. Yeah. And even whiteness has been redefined too. Yeah. Everything is whiteness or, yeah. So it's crazy. <laughs> but, can you, yeah. Can you define the term whiteness? Yeah. So that's another one that I, I just, would have assumed it just means, you know, being white. (laughs) But um, one of the tenets that, that pops up in a lot of the critical race theory literature. So when I reference that um, there's a few main texts that I would have gone to. Um, There's several writings by Derek Bell, who a lot of people attribute that term to him. So he was a, Lawyer, you know, highbrow academic at Harvard and few other places on the NAACP. I think he was in the Department of Justice briefly. So he was, you know, real high up thinker. Uh, But even during the civil rights movement um, was not in the school of thought as Martin Luther King. (laughs) He was very much with Malcolm X and some of the others uh, who were looking to kind of deconstruct the system. So Derek Bell's literature, uh, Robert De- Delgado, um, critical race theory. I think it's just called, yeah, it's just called critical race theory, an introduction. And then uh, Robin D'Angelo, um, a couple of authors like that. White fragility, right? White fragility. Yep. Um, and then yeah, th- there's a few others too, but essentially when they handle the term, whiteness um it's associated with everything from actual color of your skin Mm -hmm. to colonialism to liberalism and i don't mean when i say liberalism don't take it to mean like being a liberal yeah (laughs) but rather like reason like classical reasoning um even classical mathematics even uh, other things that are foundational liberal thought from universities throughout the ages um, that is attributed to whiteness. And I, did I say colonialism already or? Yeah, um, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that type of thing, all of, all of these um, structures that they would attribute to have been founded by whites at some point in the past is all called whiteness. So So to a critical race theorist, um, is it that white people, um, is it just that whiteness is a problem because white people are the people in power? Or is it 
like inherently having to do with the ethnicity of because that's right because <laughs> yeah is that, so I, could it be like uh black black fragility is that could that be a problem if it was reversed and and the the black population was now in control and the white population was now the one under support so yeah so in america that's not an issue right i mean that's not something that's debated as much among critical theories or crits as delgado calls them okay Um, yeah i'll write that one so yeah yeah so um (laughs) there is a lot of disagreement in the movement itself though i i things have really progressed and changed in the last few years here um but there is there is division even among critical theorists or people who support critical theory and there are there's not a lot of disagreement on where blacks fit in Mm -hmm. they'll be pretty adamant just looking at the history of the united states and we'd have to agree there's a very damaging and and hurtful history in the united states you know um um so there's not disagreement there but when it comes to other minority groups there is and they have a hard time knowing where to place Asians um, and Jews specifically. There's some other ones too, but one of the reasons is they should by all means fit into the category of oppressed. I mean, Asians have a a damaging history as well. Internment camps and all sorts of things have happened here um, throughout the years. Um, But what they've seen in many populations of Asians is despite their position in culture, a lot of success in in their individual lives and academic lives and um, professional lives and things like that. And the same with Jews. And that's been a problem in many countries throughout all of history as it doesn't matter how far down you oppress the Jews. It seems like they always succeed in culture. Like look how many biblical uh, patriarchs we can point to who are just a lone Jew in this, a field of oppressors mm-hmm. and then like Daniel and yeah. uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they rose to the heights of the yeah. government. Yeah. Um, there's, there's Joseph, you know, yeah. all of these other characters that just rose to the time. And that that's been a problem in history um, all over the world is that despite the oppression, uh, Jews have still found a way to be favored in society. Um, so that, that is where that, dichotomy oppressor versus oppressed it's always the majority versus the minority there's not agreement there so some are like put the jews in with whites put the asians in with whites because uh, that makes it easy that solves the problem yeah. and anybody who succeeds is the problem everybody you yeah this is white <laughs> but then it ignores you know like black people who succeed <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or anybody of uh, any other minority type that succeeds largely, and then it ignores people in other countries. Yeah, uh, you'll you look at Nigeria, like Nigerian immigrants. Yeah, that's um, what I was gonna, come, yeah. yeah. Fantastic record in you know, and so many of these other countries that based on color should be called oppressed, mm-hmm. um, but based on performance and um, merit, they're not. Yeah, but the main solution to that, other than just shoving these races into various places to fix the problem, is to just attack merit instead. So critical race theory also has an answer to that, where the meritocracy also needs to die. Okay, which that's the idea that 
um, the job goes to the hardest working mm-hmm. or the, I don't know, I guess eventually the prize goes to the fastest runner of the race. I guess that would go out the window too. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, but that's, yeah. that's another tenant that's been under attack too. Yeah. It's not about how qualified you are. Or no, it's how about, good you can do your job. It's yeah. It's about equal outcome, not equal yes. opportunity. Yeah. The equal opportunity would be in favor of like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, that kind of school of thought that was the, the, what seemed like the, the civil rights ideology that won mm-hmm. in the, in the sixties. Um, but critical race theories would say that was a loss mm-hmm. and they would push the other idea that, that it's not about merit. It's about equity, equal outcome. They would rather see it all destroyed and restarted and yeah. <laughs> than anything else. So, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, in our County here in Rock County, Wisconsin, that idea has led to last year our county board passing a resolution saying that racism is a public health crisis in our county because of the lack of equity, right? Like there's a disparity between different ethnicities in our county Mm -hmm. and they have determined that it has to do with, like it has to be racism. Like that's that's the only. Well, there's yeah, no other so, possibility. There's no other possible explanation. It has to be. Yeah. It it is racism. That's what's caused it. Wow. So yeah, it's. Wow. That's kind of that's that's another reason why I'm like. This is, I I don't like this stuff. I think it's I think it's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 people are gonna say. To you, Dan, probably they would someone some of these people would say, well, that's because you're the one that's benefiting from this you're the white man and of course you want a meritocracy because you're the one that determines what merits are right like oh what merits are are good because you're the white privileged man and you're a christian man you're just adding to your oppressor total or whatever <laughs> Str- yeah i'm straight too you know yeah, all these exactly, yeah. checks against me yeah really you know i'm not actually qualified to talk on this topic exactly strictly speaking right yeah <laughs> it's oh uh, it's yeah. so it's so painful yeah uh, there's just yeah. Th- my mind goes so many different ways and i think it's funny i don't uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm trying to like keep the train of thought going so the <laughs> conversation actually makes sense for people listening to it. But like I said, our, our Connie did uh, voted on, on declaring racism as public health crisis. And I've had conversations. So the, the only people that I know personally that, that are proponents of that, the only people that I've met personally that are proponents of critical race theory, while not, necessarily like being like, yeah, I'm a proponent of critical race theory, but obviously they take the things that you have mentioned and, and they take the assumptions with them. They mm-hmm. might not call it critical race theory, but that's what the, right. the assumptions they are living off of. Um, for some reason, all the people that I've met that think that way are all white, <laughs> which is yeah. interesting to me. And it's, it's like, why would you, do you think that it is, uh, um, 
like I had a conversation with with a coworker that said mm-hmm. that uh, yes, our country. Literally, he said we need to rip up the constitution and start over again because our country is is oppressor like like everything you just mentioned that's what he said yeah. and i was like dude i take it from i i typically try not to do this because i don't think that i have as a because i'm part of a minority group and i check hispanic on the box at the dm <laughs> yeah any, any like subject matter expert or anything like that right i was like just like Bible says right answer the fool according to his folly unless you'd be like like uh Answer the fool according to his folly, right? So he sees his folly. And I was like, okay, dude, well, okay, I'm a Hispanic immigrant. I wasn't born in this country. You're oppressing me. And I'm the one telling you that I don't believe it. Everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, are you going to believe the, are you going to uh, disagree with me now and, and be the oppressor? Or are you going to agree with me? And, <laughs> and yeah. That's, I think that's what's so amazing about this uh, this theory is that it even like has it, it's like a religion in some yeah. ways. It's like it's there's an orthodoxy. There's a there's a way to handle uh, minorities who dissent to this idea. So if you fully adopt it, um, you, you know to disqualify any. Uh, black person or minority person who dissents to this idea they're disqualified you know that they're the reason that they're getting to these conclusions is because of critical thought and classical reasoning and liberalism which Mm -hmm. are white yeah and that's essentially what this gentleman did so he was like (laughs) you know most people most his most hispanic people believe what i'm saying i was like okay <laughs> hey, well you're not speaking to one of them yeah so. yeah you're talking to right now you're, you're talking to yeah. Andrew Rodriguez. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the representative of the hispanic community <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough it, it is and i man it it's so it's so damaging have you has it like have you seen it in your church or in your uh, circles so um my church is very white. Um, we we like I live white? in Beatrice, Nebraska. It's uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to think of some some. Never mind. Just keep going. I that's was another. Make that's another white joke. Check in the box for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> white church. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there, there's some minorities here. Uh, it's just not to the forefront and it's also very um, wait do you do you call yeah. it a tortilla or a taco shell a tortilla okay all right all right that's good no. <laughs> i don't i don't need the taco shells <laughs> <laughs> but uh so there, there's not a, a lot of it that gets run into it often so there's a very small minority population and it's a very middle america area so yeah. Uh, largely speaking, it's um, it's just a more conservative way of life. So the uh, liberals that live here know that <laughs> they're kind of used to that. Um, that not to, that's not to say that there aren't plenty of people who have uh, liberal minds in the church. There's plenty. There's 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 uh, I would say probably quite a lot, and that that can ha- that can even be sped up in a conservative town just by um 
internet. Yeah. Really? Like what, what maybe 30 years ago, um, a town like this would have just been protected from most of the world's happenings, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They would have just remained as they were for a long period of time. Now with the internet, um, things can boil up under the surface very quickly. Um, so I am actually nervous. Um, Nebraska has been talking about critical race theory in their public schools. Uh, they had one session talking about it, didn't make any decisions. And as far as I know, I might be not up to date on this. They had another session and didn't reference it at all. Okay. And so people were upset that they didn't address it. So, but I'm, I'm kind of nervous, even though we have a, um, a conservative governor, um, we have uh, plenty of other people in the school board and uh, other things that um, could lead to something like that passing. Um, and it, it doesn't just pass in, with the name critical race theory, that's something people don't understand either. So when you're voting or looking into these things in your towns, um, there's another, there's other types of curriculum out there that use the same tenets. Um, there is, it's called diesel is one of them. Okay. Um, so it's actually two different curricula. I think one is DEI and I can't remember exactly what that stands for. The other one is SEL, which I know is social emotional learning. Um, Essentially, they take very similar tenets and handle whites differently than they would handle minorities. And um, so the storms are coming, I think, just about everywhere. But I I don't deal with it on a a daily basis here by any means. I think people in cities do. Yeah. I I know that that that's it's just you're you're right in the forefront of what's amounting to be a academic race war. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I just think it's so dumb. That's that's the only word. I, that's the only way I can describe yeah. it. I just, it's it's just dumb. I think it's yeah. to, to, you can't fight racism with racism. That's the thing, right? Like, which is essentially what it is. It's mm-hmm. lumping a whole, it's all white people everywhere at all times are racist just by virtue of being a white person and and again that's why i don't i have never i haven't thought about like race so much as we do as i do now and i think it has to do with with the proliferation of this idea right and and it's like i i um i guess when i was younger i would be like i'd say stuff like Oh, I can't do that because I'm Hispanic. And I thankfully I had a friend that was like, "That's like, don't say that. That's, that's <laughs> doesn't make any sense." Like, this is, and it's like, yeah, that's really yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter, <laughs> and yeah. it's so dumb. <laughs> it's uh, so dumb. Yeah. It, <sighs> it it it's it is it's folly, but it, you know it's such cleverly devised yeah. foolishness that it's like. Uh, I, I've I've had conversations with people kind of on different angles of this, and mm-hmm. um, one thing that I'm realizing it's had a bit effect, big effect on in our culture is that um, things that should go without saying no longer go without saying in regards to race. So now, if you're coming from our more conservative Christian angle, yeah. you do even if you're talking to another Christian, 
have to tell them first that racism exists. Yeah. Yes. That that should go without <laughs> saying in our universe. Yeah. I, but it's so sad that yeah. I mean, I I, I will I'll, I'll point to some conservative pundits and people. Um, Christian conservative Christians need to understand that just because people are conservative doesn't mean they're regenerate. Yes. Amen. <laughs> just because they <laughs> preach it, <laughs> you know, and and likewise, liberal Christians need to understand the same thing. Just because they're liberal doesn't mean they're regenerate. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are uh, people that do not have Christ fighting on both sides, and so I, I can point to pundits on on the right. Um, as well as on the left that have made problems worse by uh, exaggerating issues or saying like, oh, there's, there's no racism in existence. You know, it's, uh, I'm exaggerating, but I, kind of hyperbole, but, but essentially those types of ideas that have really damaged the conversation. Yeah. Now, when I talk to someone, I can't, I can't not say that. I have to say, oh, yes, racism exists. Yeah. Yeah. And also another one that I think gets left out is that there can be a racist system. So the first question I'll ask someone if I'm having this question is, how can a system be racist? And that is something that people actually have to think about. Wait, oh yeah, people, wait, how does a system sin? Mm-hmm. Um, now you can make unjust laws. We know from Jim Crow, we know from other eras that and, and uh, from laws, laws can be unjust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are unjust laws um, today. Yeah. Yeah, there's unjust laws today. If I were to point, point to some unjust laws that affect race, I think there are. Yeah. I would point to our welfare um, that disproportionately affect, affects uh, black communities. And I would, I would point to abortion being legal that disproportionately affects black families and minority families in inner cities. So those things do affect um people of color and disproportionately and those are unjust just in general mm-hmm. so so people maybe fighting from our side will forget to say the obvious and then they'll also say like oh our system isn't racist um systems can be though there's there's imperfections in our laws mm-hmm. um but really who holds the guilt they're it, people people yeah. will account for those yeah. things the system will you know amen yeah yeah yeah, that's that's um. Yeah, I feel like how you brought up abortion. I feel like that's the specifically Christians that are that are that talk about race will sometimes say like racism is is the stain on America, and it's like our basically our original sin, and it's like the biggest mm. problem that we've ever had. And it's like, well, are you paying attention at all? Because like 3,000 babies that were killed today, right? Like <laughs> there's, there's, there can't be a bigger stain yeah. on, a, on our nation than, than the fact that like a baby just died, right? Like just, yeah. just killed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's 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 also something else that gets me angry. Yeah, that is. Uh, I think uh, one of the devil's biggest tricks is a bait and switch. Yeah, is you make make noise about one thing, mm-hmm. um, and then have something else sneak under the radar. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and you can, you can point to this racial issue as just as being a ton of noise. Uh, and meanwhile, this atrocity is still happening. Yeah. Yep. And there's other, there's, there's, yeah. yeah, I think it, 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 uh, it allows for other sins as well. Right. Yeah. Because like you mentioned, right. It, true racism is, is built on, on like, what I think critical race theory gives people the ability to do is people in minority groups to say, well, I'm not like those white people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not like them. I'm not an oppressor like them. Yeah. And it gives people that's, that's what's been happening. That's what people are doing. Like just by looking at someone like you and they're like, Mm -hmm. that man is because we've seen on the internet, now it's not i don't think it's most people but there are people that are like i'm afraid of white people like i don't want to be around them and i don't want to see them because they just make me fear for my life because of the way that everything's been hyped up on both sides obviously like you said yeah and we also we need to acknowledge that there is sin and that racism is a sin and that yes there are racists and there are unjust laws and 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 uh sin exists <laughs> yeah, yeah. there is sin in the world yeah. i think that's that's um yeah there's sin in the world and critical race theory is sinful and it it can't solve the problem of sin yeah. Well, in fact, I, I think you're kind of touching on uh, another thought is ju- another thing that it does effectively is justifies sins of mm-hmm. minorities and in, in especially the black community. Um, yeah, it, if there is a theory out there that totally eliminated all of the guilt and shame you have for your own actions and applied it to some other sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Um, Boy, people are going to run to that. But the only way that works is if that's Christ. The only way that works yeah. is if you lay all of your sin at the cross, because he's the only one who rose. You know, you're not going to kill whiteness and it's going to rise again. No, it'll just be killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, everybody has this need for a savior. Everybody needs redemption and critical theory is telling is saying that it's providing that in a way, even if it's not really obvious, it's saying that there is this, this sort of salvation from this um, oppression, salvation from this um, guilt or shame or whatever you feel as someone uh, as a minority in, in our culture um, there's a way out and the way out is to put all of those sins on somebody else. And how can they accept Christ if they're putting their sins on somebody else? Yeah. So this is, this is a gospel issue and to see churches adopt a part of it, it damages the effectiveness of the gospel yeah. because if they can just put their sins all over on this theory, um, why would they ever give it to Christ? Exactly. Why would they ever give their hearts to Christ? Yeah. So it's just, it's just a pity that people don't look into it further. Yeah. Uh, people don't challenge their own presumptions. They're willing to just take headlines as headlines. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. a real shame that this is taking so much ground. Yep. And, it, and, and when Christians say, when white Christians are like, oh yeah, yeah, we are, we are racist. Um, we agree with you. Mm-hmm. We are racist. It, it's like, well, why would I want to be part of your church? <laughs> yeah. like why why in the world this church why, yeah why in the world like w- is that supposed to make me feel better like that that yeah. makes me not want to come to like be with you right like and if, repent yeah exactly <laughs> i mean repent change yeah right yeah. Did, you, did you put your faith and trust in christ did you repent of that sin or are yeah. you when you say you are racist you're saying you're actively racist and if so i'm sorry i don't want to i don't want to be w- we need to put you on the church discipline and yeah. Right. And if you don't repent yeah. of that sin, we got to kick, we got to kick you out of the church. Three strikes and you're out and yeah. you're still going to be white after the third one. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, but if, if, if no, we're not going to put you in the church discipline, you're going to be going to church mm-hmm. and you're in a position of leadership specifically. And you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I'm white, I'm racist. It's like, I don't want to go to your church. I don't know what you yeah. think this does for you. If it makes you yeah. feel better, but it doesn't make me want to be your friend friend or like be with you i it's yeah it's not it's not first of all i don't think most people that say that are actually like racist mm-hmm. yeah, some maybe are maybe yeah maybe, they are. <laughs> maybe they're being honest so that, that's something i've thought about too is is this critical race theory idea for for people who struggle with the origin of the universe question with scripture mm-hmm. um they're going to be more open to Darwin, they're going to be more open yeah. to things and just trying to reconcile those ideas. Well, Darwin wrote a sequel to the origin of species, which was the origin of man. Mm-hmm. And it points to the hierarchy of races. Yeah. Um, well, that would fit right into the whiteness theories that would that would push. And, and so when you're seeing this critical theory as a white person, there are two ways to go. There's three ways to go. <laughs> you could deny it. You could yeah. totally just look into it and see that it's wrong. Yeah. Or you could accept it in light version, which means you never actually look into it. You, you don't actually do your deep research. Or you could totally take it in. Let's say if, if uh, there was a white supremacist or something like that or a neo-Nazi and they see this theory that just points to their inherent white sin. They're like, well, I guess there's no stopping it. Yeah, I guess this theory, you know, that I think it's just made the problem worse. So I think there are people out there who may actually be racist <laughs> and are looking at this and they're like, I need to fix this. And critical theory is the way to fix this. It's not, you yeah. know, Christ is the way to fix it. So there's people, I think, legitimately yeah. trapped in that sin, too. Yep. Um, but yeah. more often than not, I, I think it's the 21st century sin of the virtue signal yes <laughs> <laughs> so i look back at uh not to call anyone in specific judas but if you remember the story of uh, i think it's in two of the gospels john and and matthew i believe uh, uh where i think it's mary magdalene puts the the perfume the nard yeah. on jesus's yeah. feet and wipes it and then judas is like whoa why would you waste all that money? It was really expensive. And she wasted all that money. You could have given that to the poor. And it even says in scripture, he knew exactly. He didn't how actually much it was. care about the poor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't care about the poor. It says that in scripture. Yeah. What was he doing? He was just signaling to everybody around him how righteous he is yeah. for agreeing with money needs to go to the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he was corrected by Christ even then that um, displacement of wages for people is not the goal. It, that's not the salvation. You know, Jesus was the salvation. That, that is what we're going for. It doesn't matter how much money you end up with at the end of the day, you're going to die eventually. Um, so that, that's just to see churches push for that. For even if, let's say, we all got equity, we all got perfect equality, then what? You still need a savior. You'll you'll get there, and you'll still need a savior. So yeah. it's just really sad. Yeah, yeah. I man, my thought, my mind is going everywhere. But I, I, so I met I met someone or a couple of Christians, like older Christians, probably grew up in like the sixties, honestly, and 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 they had said to me like. You know, back when we were younger, like I think it was the lady that was talking to me was like, "Yeah, when, when I was younger, like I didn't like black people, and I thought they were whatever, and I I didn't like them, and and I looked down on them, and you know, Jesus basically like Jesus saved me, and I realized that they're made in the image of God, and and uh, that I." I, that's a sin so they repented of it that's the beauty yeah. of the gospel is like you can yeah. repent of these things right with if, if you are a legitimate racist and you divide yourself and your th- way of thinking by race and you yeah. think uh, uh, ethnicity is better than another just by virtue of their ethnicity then you can repent of that and trust in christ and you can yeah. be saved from it to to what you were saying about churches that are like adopting these ideas of we gotta find equity what that ends up doing a lot of the time is they're equating this pursuit of equity with the gospel. And they're saying, you know, part of the gospel, the complete gospel is to, to be, uh, to be working as a church to right these wrongs in our society today. And in reality, instead of being the gospel, the good news, that's just the law. That's a law. That's, that's a burden placed on people's backs. To, to do these things so i yeah. guess um dan like what what would you say after we talked all about critical race theory and all the problems with it and why we disagree with it what is and acknowledging that yes there is sin in the world there are people that are legitimately racist and um there can be unjust laws but cr- critical race theory is sinful it's sinful and if you follow the tenets you are engaging in sin what is the answer to all of this that you would leave people with yeah yeah that's an excellent question and um i think the temptation is to make it really really academic and flowery and um christ yeah just christ just just christ and just lay it all at his feet, literally everything. Um, there's just a hesitation for people to do that. And I think sometimes it can happen if they're not doing it in their own lives in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, to just lay certain things at his feet and to take responsibility for others. Now, that, that doesn't mean that we don't have personal responsibilities, but to understand that they're all, they're only going to succeed uh, in the way that they need to, 
in God's perfect plan is if we lay them at his feet, if we're doing it for the glory of God, not for the glory of man. Um, that's, that's super important. Uh, not even the glory of the church, I think, to much to the chagrin of, of some people. I, I don't think that the duty of man is to glorify the church, mm-hmm. but rather to glorify Christ through the church. And also in all of these conversations, knowing that Christ is the answer, knowing that the gospel is the only way, that Jesus Christ is the only savior and the Bible is the only divine standard. We just need to love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. That, that is the only way people will look at the church and know uh, the truth that's there is if we get along. And I see so often that churches are quicker to criticize other members of the church rather than to criticize the ideologies of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad place to be that, that, that robs the church of its power. I think when you're, you're, you don't have brotherly love. Um, so I think that's probably something that we could all do better at when we're, we're talking about these things with someone who opposes our views. So they're so far away from us on this topic. Um, but really the answer is to, to just love them through it and not with, Empathy, but sympathy. Um, and so I'll say that. So that that's another issue I see is um, empathy is when you put both feet in and you just identify with <laughs> their way of thinking completely. That does nothing. You, you have to ground it in truth. You have to hold on to truth. You can be sympathetic to everyone, but you have to ground it in God's truth. And that's in the word. You have to know the word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what I would say. <laughs> Amen, brother. Yeah. Uh, do, I don't, I guess we've had a good conversation, but before we go, I just wanted to ask you, is there anything else that you, we can make this another hour. We could probably talk about this for another hour <laughs> if you wanted to, <laughs> um, yeah. but is there anything else that like that you want, that you're thinking about that you think would be helpful for people to to know yeah. about critical race theory or the, the topic. So I think people just need to not underestimate the power for scripture to speak on these topics. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a tendency to say like, all right, well, the Bible doesn't speak about critical race theory, which is true. Um, but <laughs> and so they just don't go to the good book for the answers. Um, and I just think that's, that's, that can be so dangerous. It, it, you can so quickly get off the mark by following other literature, even Christians, even Christian literature. Cause I don't, I don't care what, what book you're looking at, what author you're reading. Uh, there's flesh in there somewhere, yeah. even if it's not really easily discernible. Um, I think there's a proverb when, when words are many, uh, iniquities are not few. Yeah. <laughs> Transgressions are not, are not lacking yeah, yeah. or something yeah, like that. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and Solomon, you know, you, you look at Ecclesiastes, he was able to sum up um, his entire world philosophy in 12 short chapters versus take any other philosopher. And it's amazing how long and droney and uh, there's just, thousands upon thousands of words just to get out these little ideas. I, I read Immanuel Kant once. Okay. 
oh, it's just horrid. It's just so many words just to say one thing. And, and then you get um, Solomon just saying things in like three word chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. And, and there are principles, timeless principles in the gospel, in, in, in the word of God uh, that um, can help you dissect these things, can help you um, discern these things too. That's something we're called to do. We need to be able to, to look at these ideologies of the world and see them from a biblical perspective, not see the Bible from the world's perspective. Um, yeah, that's, I think, on my heart is there's a, there's a lot of Christians out there with a broken um, hermeneutic or a broken way of dissecting the word of God. And they'll, they'll say that love defines the Bible rather than the Bible defines love. And that's really dangerous. It's really dangerous, you know, Um, because you, then you'll read that book with all of your passions and emotions, which you should be repenting of, you know, it'll just carry it every which way. So, yeah. 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 We got to let God define our, our way of thinking and that and, yeah. and that's that's where i fear that people are like why they're following these ideologies is because they want to be liked by the world and respected by the world yeah and it does feel yeah. nice you know for mm-hmm. for people to like you yeah but eventually i know the thing specifically about critical race theory and the people that follow it is that i don't think that it's gonna we're all gonna end up in the same gulag no matter what because <laughs> we're christians yeah <laughs> it's not gonna help you to be like oh well i said i was racist <laughs> it's like, yeah well all the more reason to throw you in the gulag <laughs> yeah because yeah yeah exactly it'll eventually get you know well who knows but it, it could get to the point where yeah. um you're then a Christian, which is looked down upon. Yeah. And then you're also looked down upon by other Christians <laughs> because, <laughs> because you, you know, you didn't stand up on these issues, but yeah, that, that's, that, that shouldn't be either. I, I think the, the church should always have his doors open to pe- people yeah. professing, providing that they're professing the truth. Yes. You know, but yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I, I, I think this is an awesome topic to kind of tackle there is just yeah. so much more that there we could is. talk about too but <laughs> no i mean we can i don't know i just don't yeah. know. you got time <laughs> i do i i really i would keep going if, if you wanted to okay yeah dude yeah all right yeah here well i wasn't planning on so i uh um i talked to my boss um about just this conversation he had done a lot of studies about mm-hmm. this too and so i just wanted to t- touch base with him hey i'm going to be talking about this. I want to make sure that I'm on track. Um, where were you at? What would you recommend? What wouldn't you recommend? And one of the things that he uh, said that maybe isn't the best thing to start with was kind of the history of this philosophy. Okay. Just because it's, um, it's really, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it gets into the weeds, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just not that interesting for some people, but 
I think you'd like it. So I'm gonna... I, I like it. <laughs> if people are listening to this now, I mean, yeah. Hey, if they're still, yeah, if they're still listening at this point, they may as well. You're hardcore. You yeah. just gotta hey, finish what you started, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just find it fascinating. I kind of like looking into that sort of stuff. Yeah, there is. Um, if you can't tell, one of the, one of the books that influenced me, so where it starts yeah. is Genesis three, right? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it is. Um, but one of the the books in the Bible that influenced me a lot early on um, in in my obedient walk, I'll, I'll put it that way. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I I lived many years with just as a if Christian, a baby Christian. I'll say yeah. it that yeah. way. I'd be you know, on that. I'd yeah. So, and I don't think that's very uncommon these days. I think that's there's a lot of that. So, anyways. Um, kind of early on, I, I was pointed to Ecclesiastes, um, which is just, it's a think piece. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> right? love, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a, it, just on a blank first read, it's just such a dreary book. Like yeah. nothing means anything. You mean really? Yeah, nothing means so, anything. Are you sure about that? I'll tell you. No. Yeah. I When I uh, transferred from public uh state school to moody bible institute i was doing it online and yeah. one of my classes we had to do like an introductory class and and uh one of the students in the class in his very first post just like saying um who he was and like what his goals were with whatever he was like this is all vanity of vanities all is vanity like quoting ecclesiastes and like yeah this this assignment is pointless. It's vanity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and that really that really turned me to Ecclesiastes, and my wife really hated it for a while because I just feel yeah. like vanity of vanities. Doing the dishes yeah. is vanity. <laughs> yes, I I think I think a lot of Christian men, especially Reformed Christian men, go through this period of, um, I would call it Christian. Uh, what's what's the term now i'm struggling to think what what's the term where where nothing means anything there's there's a term uh, for that nihilism nihilism, nihilism. Yeah. yeah so like christian nihilism <laughs> i call it and so it's like yeah christ yes yes but nothing else means anything. <laughs> everything's vanity <laughs> i definitely kind of had that that period and boy boy you can you know, as funny as it is that I went through that, it was like it it actually kind of robbed the joy out of things. Mm-hmm. Even even reading through scripture, you know, all you would see is the condemnation and the judgment and the, yeah. the vanity and the, that's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really does point to to good tenets and and philosophical thinking. And he doesn't say that everything is meaningless. Yeah, he says, "Come into the house of the Lord in reverence, uh, eat, drink, and be merry, for those are gifts." from God. Like those things are mentioned as, as, as being eternally, eternally valuable. Um, but, um, anyways, I, I can't I remember. Completely exactly took you I off track. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, um, that book kind of came on the, the cusp as I was going through a lot of other philosophy. So I was reading all sorts of philosophers uh, just what they thought of the world, what th- how they viewed it, uh, why they viewed it that way. Where did God fit in if they believed in a God? Um, how did this affect 
Christians, how did Christians respond to these thinkers and all of this stuff? Um, and I was just amazed at how, uh, how vast the ideas were, how, uh, how many different angles people took. Um, and then when I read Ecclesiastes, I was just like, that is what this is. This is a treatise. Mm-hmm. This is a philosophical treatise, just talking about all things and their eternal meaning, if any. Yeah. Um, and j- that just took me so wholeheartedly and just gave me such a, a deeper faith in scripture's value in with dealing with philosophy and s- stuff like that, that I was like, just changed. But, but anyways, in, in regards to that, so y- you can look at critical race theory I, I said earlier, Derek Bell, um, Robert Delgado, some of these other guys have been around for 20 to 50 years doing this kind of stuff. But their ideologies predate them. There, there have been people practicing such thoughts for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and everybody points down to some of these uh, these tenets um, of like the oppressed versus oppressor, even though many of them don't ever use those terms. Um, They'll point it back at Karl Marx. Right. And yeah, like I was in that school. I knew the connections. I had read uh, Karl Marx. I had um, looked into his philosophies and his angles on things. I knew that there was a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard about that. Like the, the, yeah. Cause you like divided the, I'll let you explain. Cause you, yeah. So, so it, essentially that was a borrowed philosophy too okay so so one of the p- principal influencers of karl marx um was say hegel oh sorry yeah <laughs> essentially <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> uh there's a german philosopher named hegel and um there's also immanuel kant and, and some other ones okay. that came slightly before um Uh, So Hegel was after sort of after the enlightenment period, a German philosopher. And he essentially uh, in one of his main think pieces had an answer to all things in the form of like an anti gospel, an anti Trinity is actually talked about. Okay. Um, but one of the things that he played off the most was, was this. He, was he a, yeah. like a Christian or was he just. No. He, or did he claim uh, to be a Christian? I, 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 I no. Okay. Didn't claim to be a Christian. So he, he was uh, an atheist. He was mm-hmm. a philosopher. Um, he may have also been like a, a mathematician or something like that. I can't remember offhand. But uh, he essentially was toying with this idea that would create a new German religion, a new type of thought that would encompass this religious urge that people yeah. have. This sounds, the first thought that comes to mind is like yeah. Nazi Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know personally, like Hitler's main influences. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't recall what was, I, I would, think people have attributed some ideologies to Darwin and, and whatnot, but uh, this guy may have been in, in the running with that too. Mm-hmm. He wanted this new 
kind of folky religion uh, based on these really complex ideas. So he was just a master at obfuscating obvious truth and making it sound all intellectual and then coming up with these new ideas. Um, but one of the tools he used along with um, Marx, along with Kant, along with Plato and a lot of all of these other people throughout the years is this thing called the dialectic. Um, and maybe you've heard the term. I had heard the term yeah, for a long time. So I'm like, yeah. it just sounds like a really complicated word that people are throwing around. Does it actually mean something? You know, um, turns out it does. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what it is, is the idea that, um, first of all, humanity can come into new knowledge. Which you and I know in kind of church history and um, apostasy history the first thing that came to my mind with that was Gnosticism. Okay. Yeah. So one of the earliest enemies of the church and actually I believe predated um, the foundation of the church uh, was this Gnostic type of religion where they believed they could come up with this new knowledge as humanity that all that actually God was caused this darkness and humanity needed to rise above it through this progression into new knowledge. So really devious stuff, anti-gospel stuff. Um, but Hegel adopted this use of the dialectic. And, and the idea is this. So you have a thesis, which is some type of truth. Then you have an antithesis, which is the opposite of that truth. Then you smash those two things together and you get a synthesis. So those are the, the, the three parts that kind of, you know, the two collide with each other and create this new knowledge. And essentially what he was trying to do was come up with the anti-religion to smash against religion and create this new knowledge. Um, and that it was done in a really flowery, philosophical, wordy way. Um, I don't know that he was super popular in his day and age, uh, but Marx and many, many, many other groups um, took those ideas and ran with them. I think Marx was quoted saying that he, um, yes, he was influenced by Hegel, but I he would rather turn Hegel upside down. And so he, instead of making all of the, this flowery religious stuff, I'm going to just implement it, implement it into law, into actual practice, into society. So he was like, all right, Oppressed people are the truth. Um, oppressors are the antithesis. Smash them together and we'll get the progression yeah. that we need. Uh, that's that's kind of a really not super accurate way of summing it up. But <laughs> I have a pen. Er, apple pen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, which is the exact uh, line of reasoning that my six-month-old daughter has. Yeah. If I just take these two <laughs> things together and smash them, I'll get something new. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But that, I think that's the origin of the universe too. If you just smash stuff together yeah. and make something new, you know, so <laughs> that, that's behind all of this though. And really, wow. if you look at critical theory too, uh, it's an answer to liberalism. It's an answer, answer to critical reasoning. It's an answer to, to the traditional civil rights movement. All of these things are an antithesis. <laughs> we had a thesis. Now we have an antithesis and what's happening right now. We're smashing it together. And they're hoping, I think the people who are most honest about this 
theology <laughs> is that a progression comes from that, that progress comes from that. Um, but that it was just kind of a, a, a awakening to kind of see the connections throughout a lot of human history mm -hmm. uh, coming into play now. Um, it's just kind of a perfect storm of, you know, our culture and now psh, facing all this all yeah. at once. But yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing new under the sun. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, that's just kind of one of the chains of of thought that I went down in, in researching this. Yeah. But I, I, I read that, and I wish I remember the name of the, the deal by Hegel. Um, it is, it's just cryptic. He'll, he, he didn't ever once mention Christ. But he talked about uh, he talked about the Trinity. He talked about God the Father. He talked about the Eternal Son, and he talked about the Spirit. And then he, within this writing, um, told how all of those were inadequate, and re basically replaced them all. And even within his writing, he mentioned uh, Lucifer as being the firstborn son, or it was something like, oh, wow, like he made an anti-trinity within his like, and this is what some of this stuff is pulling from. Even yeah. if it's just a little, that's bad. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you're poisoning. I mean, just one drop of poison. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that, and to see big church organizations just say like, oh, we can put this in our tool belt. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like taking, it's like taking. Um, fire. <laughs> yeah. This is a proverb specifically talking about. I think it's talking about like adultery, right? It's like committing adultery is basically like throwing fire on your lap or something like that. Oh, oh yeah, to to put out a fire. I don't know. putting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but it's kind of like it's that. It's, yeah, it's like oh yeah, we we'll just <laughs> take a little bit of it, and yeah. we don't think it's gonna burn us, but it's it's fire it's it's fire it's destructive yeah. it's not good yep um so, so uh, how did how does it like like can you explain like how does how does um the connection in what ways does the way that that um like Karl Marx's thinking and Hegel's thinking and, and the other people that you mentioned, mm -hmm. like, how does that, how does that directly affect? Uh, sure. us today? Yeah. So I, I would say there's, there's probably a lot there. There's definitely a lot more than I know. Mm -hmm. um, and I know there's many other influences. So it's been a lot of years since both of those guys uh, we're in practice. So there's been many other voices that have contributed to, to lines of reasoning. And when you're talking about the dialectic, which is you, you know, put ideas together and then create something new, there's been, a, that's happened a lot of times, you know, since then in their view. So that, and, but even, uh, so I, I would say that the things that have stayed alive through Hegel uh, are this idea that it should, something should be structured essentially like a religion because religion is part of the problem. Yeah. And then where Marx picks up is that it's not just religion. That's the problem. It's classes that are the problem. 
and that gets you a step further. And then you get to um, the the other answer to the civil rights era, which is Derek Bell and some of these other people where they say it's not just classes, it's races. And that kind of finishes this 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 puzzle. To, it's gotten to now where it's all of those things at once. It's this kind of new religion type thing that uh, incorporates uh, class and monetary position and race, all of these in one system of thinking and law as well. So critical law theory is in there as well. And, and so it's just this whole monster that's been created over a lot of years. And it's not a, like now it's, I think you mentioned it before too, like there's like critical queer theory. theory and Yeah. Uh, so gender theory gender, and yeah. queer theory. Um, th I don't know as, as much about those, mm -hmm. but I have seen these, sort of uh, rules for etiquette reused in, in all of those cases. So there, there is a sort of orthodoxy, there's this sort of orthoproxy too. So the actual types of things you need to practice yeah. if you're in agreement, if you're um, complying with these ideas and you are an ally or a white <laughs> or a whatever a gender <laughs> sympathizer or whatever or uh, I don't, i'm not even sure of all the terms that you would need yeah. to be called um but <laughs> if you fall into one of those categories there's actually conversational um etiquette and it's just amazing how they're it's the same rules just one is for talking to um people that have different sexual identifications or gender identifications. And then one is for talking to people of color or of a minority group. Mm -hmm. And it's these same tenets of like, don't profusely apologize to make the other people feel guilty. Uh, don't over accommodate me. Don't draw attention to my race. Don't, if you make a microaggression, just move on and commit to do better. Like all of these, these different things are in, all of these schools of thought at once and it's just yeah. destroying institutions yeah because there are there are leaders who i personally think either just have no moral compass which may be because of their unregenerate nature or just have no backbone whatsoever and are you talking just, about like in the church or yeah in the well in the church but just in any institution okay. uh, bosses uh yeah corporate leaders um you, you really show where your interest is is it in truth or is it in money or is it in public interest public acceptance um and there's so many christians too in, in churches that uh, value testimony over truth yes <laughs> they're like yeah well of course we hold the truth but testimony is yeah. <laughs> so important that you know yeah it, it is believe it or not it's not an easy way to have uh a good testimony. It is a good testimony to not crumble on your own ideology. No one is going to buy your ideology if you'll bend over backwards and be ashamed of it. No one, no one will believe in the truth that you hold if you won't stand up for it. Yes. So to have integrity, to have a backbone is super important. Um, that doesn't mean you have to scream at people. That doesn't mean you have to be unloving in the way you say it. Um, in in uh in grace and truth 
Uh, none of us are as good at both of those as Jesus was, but <laughs> we should at least be attempting both of those. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's just everywhere. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's the. Uh, that's the that's the thing. Like, not even th- that I've thought about. Not even specifically talking about like the race stuff, but yeah, like we don't we don't stand up for the truth. And why, why would anybody, I think people, even today, even to this day, people are like some, I think most people will respect someone that is willing to take a stand for what they believe in and deal with, like deal with the repercussions of taking that stand, even if they completely disagree. Yeah. And I think a fool argues with a fool, scripture Mm -hmm. says. So it, it, some people are, are so worried about um, trying to be a witness to those who are just severely deceived and severely mm-hmm. lost. Um, ultimately, any level of deception is in God's hands. Any yeah. turning to the Lord is in the Lord's hands. Yeah. Um, you're not going to do anything to make the chances increase or decrease. Decrease. Yeah. It is totally in His hands. Um, so I think. We should be speaking to reasonable audiences still mm-hmm. rather than unreasonable ones. So yeah. be willing to face a small group of hecklers um, for the sake of the large group of reasonable people that are also in attendance yeah. so that they might hear the truth and yeah. be changed. Yeah. You know, I, I think that takes, it takes courage. It takes integrity. Uh, it takes uh, a lot of patience to be able to not respond to anger with anger. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the more effective way than trying to bend over backwards for the, the hecklers and the, the most unreasonable. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think even if everybody was like the unreasonable, it's still like, yeah, we're still called to go tell the truth and not like you said, to every creature. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like don't bend over yeah. backwards and it's in God's yeah. hands. It's like, mm-hmm. I think it was Jeremiah or Isaiah, right? Like they preached for years. Jeremiah, yeah. 20 and, some years. Yeah. And, and nothing happened and nothing mm-hmm. like good happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was still being faithful. And that's yeah. where, and that's like, I guess that's a bigger problem that I've seen like the, the Christian church. Cause I think it is part of like, the the church um saying or agreeing with these tenets or saying we can borrow from them i think it's part of a bigger problem where we want to fit in with the world and we want to be liked by the world and we want unbelievers Mm -hmm. to to like us and to come to our churches like if we were a primary focus was just like okay what is actually true Mm -hmm. regardless of what anybody else thinks about it yeah I think we'd have a. I think it would change how most American churches do what they do, and I think it would get rid of support for. Um. For this, for any tenet or any part of critical race theory, because yeah, it's like it's. I'm not trying to win you over. I I was thinking about that today. I was like, man, we just solve so many problems because it's like it. And it would just completely transform the way people do church. 
mm-hmm. which is the problem because yeah <laughs> that's a tough sell <laughs> yeah. you know it's a really it's a real big leap of faith to you know for some of the, some churches and some leaders they've come into this church culture you know they, let's say they took up a job after another pastor and that there's already this church culture that's been developed mm-hmm. and let's say they've been preaching and teaching this way for many years to totally change that yeah um that's it's tough you can it's gonna wreak havoc on attendance and and yeah stuff like that and so it would it would be a big big leap of faith yeah. but my solution um, to that yeah. just house churches you can't i mean it's a lot harder to get kicked out of your house <laughs> are you are you a big house church advocate is that no, i don't know i'm no. I, I, okay yeah, there's I, some I people know. that yeah I go to i go to a not house church like i go to a church oh sure yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but i, I don't know the, those are great great things to have in addition to the yeah. you know the the church you go to yeah. but um yeah I, I i look at it as uh i think of gideon the, the story of gideon and and there's there's such a temptation uh for the church in, in our age to just measure success based on numbers yes and based on yeah. positive response and based on likes on facebook and mm-hmm. and views on youtube and stuff like that like um, that does not people mean that people are growing. That does not no. mean people are saved. Mm-hmm. It does not mean there's any change or or any usefulness of of, of the people that are pressing like. Yeah. You know, um, it just means you have numbers. You know, and it may it. And so I think of Gideon. So Gideon was going to go fight the. Help me out here. A couple of enemies. I forgot. You know, maybe maybe, maybe <laughs> I, look it up. That, that, I think that's right. I think Don't quote um, me on that one, but <laughs> that, that sounds right. But but essentially, uh, he started with like 3,000 men yeah. or 10,000 men or something. And then God was like, nope, 10, too much. Was it 10? And then he's like, nope, way too much. And yeah, it cuts it nice. down. Yeah. Cuts it down. And then it's like down to. 3000 or something. And then they all take a drink and he's like, all the ones that lap the water, like dogs can go Mm -hmm. home. The people who drink it by cupping their hands are my army. And it was like 300. Yes. (laughs) They (laughs) took on and scared the whole Midianite army um, and defeated it. So that was success. Um, A leader who was willing to risk it all. Yeah. That's a suicide mission by anybody's standard to, you know, run into a battle against thousands of thousands of men of a formidable army, which was just 300, but he had God. Mm -hmm. And so the church is just worried about just being powerful and influential. Like, well, we're getting more views. That necessarily means we're more useful by God. Yeah. No, he could, you know, he, he was saved Gideon and he saved uh, so many of these other people not for their name, but for his name. Mm-hmm. And a testimony to the world is they were so few in number that obviously God helped them. There's no other explanation for that, yeah, right? Exactly. But if you have a church of 30,000, um, it's really easy to point to the success to you mm-hmm. rather than to God. Yeah. So I just see that now it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a big church. <laughs> I think there's big faithful churches too, but it's not necessarily a measure of success. Exactly. Yep. But, yeah. yeah.
Yeah, I was, I was gonna point out that I think the music the the uh, baby music video has over like a billion views, <laughs> but it, or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, it, yeah. Doesn't it mean it's like. It, yeah, that's you not know. edifying. It's not like, the, yeah, and, and I think I think that's part of why why uh, people are affirming critical race theory or tenets of it because they they want to bring people in and they're and honestly for some of these people they're like their motivation might be like, well, like this is how we reach these people or whatever. Mm-hmm but don't sin don't you yeah. can't sin right like yeah to, to, uh... so good intentions can still result in bad ideas exactly you know I, I think even looking at a lot of the critical race theory authors a lot of them had the right or very close to it the right assessment of some mm-hmm. things they'll assess things right they'll discern that problems exist mm-hmm. and then i would agree that some of these problems not all of them but but a lot of the things i would agree with um, but then the solution is what's important. Yeah. Not what, not the problem. We should all be able to see that. Um, but yeah, you, you get yourself into trouble when you're um, ignoring that part. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. There's something else I was going to say, but I forgot it. So. Oh. <laughs> I probably, I probably like butted in and. and <laughs> no, 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 I don't. Sorry, <laughs> I just lost it. But yeah, yeah, it's our my our church just did a probably like a week. I think it was a week ago. Um, just did a like discussion on CRT, mm. and um, I, I unfortunately I wasn't able to be there. Mm. But I've heard things about it, and so like, oh sure, yeah. Also, was like, um, made me look for more. Look, made me look. Made, I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> made me look forward to this conversation even more. Sure, yeah, it's it's really getting out there. It is. Oh, I I remember the thing I forgot. Um, just just uh, you were talking about people with like the good intentions to to reach out mm-hmm. to people. Um, were affected uh, racially and otherwise. Um, there is a really, really big emphasis um, for people on personal stories, yeah. um, personal experiences. And in fact, part of, I think part of the reason that so many churches are adopting this is because so many churches have too much focus on personal stories and personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what confirms truth. Unfortunately for all of us and all of our varying experiences, that's not what confirms what's yeah. true. Um, like I, uh, like uh, Peter, who talks about the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Who he got to see uh, resurrected Jesus alongside with a Moses and Elijah up on a, a mountain, and just this amazing, and heard the voice of God and all of these immaculate things. And he says, "But we have a more sure." truth in scripture yeah more sure why because every experience everything that we'll live through will gradually fade in clarity yeah. but the word of the lord won't and that that's why we can hold on to it so firmly above anything else and so it, it's not that personal stories don't have any value 
Um, they're important to listen to, to sympathize with, um, to, to be patient with, to be gentle about, but it's not truth. Even if you have the most horrid experience of all people, it doesn't mean your story uh, dictates what's true. Mm-hmm. You could be an anomaly in all of those situations. Yeah. Not saying you are, but <laughs> you know, yeah. Amen. Yeah. the truth is the truth no matter what that's right and that's yeah that's 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 some of the things we say here people if you made it this far some some people might say like well that's not nice and that's the that's the thing is like okay but is it true right like is, mm-hmm. it, is it the truth is it yeah it, does it line up with scripture that's ultimately what what matters yeah. yeah. I wish I think, that, yeah. Yeah. I, I just that's what we gotta focus on because I think the personal experience thing and, and what makes me feel good, if that's what we're basing our our um life off of mm-hmm. and the ministry of the church and the way we respond to things. We got I mean we're just adding problem upon problem because yeah we, and I I mean we see it in the in the American church with the specifically with critical race theory like yeah yeah it's all about story yeah all about story all about emotions too and and once again doesn't mean that emotions don't have a role and don't matter Mm -hmm. um, but they don't dictate truth either i'm a living testament of that i have emotions that uh, don't reflect the truth sometimes and and that um are irrational and you know that's not good that you know that's just your personal story that's my personal, that's no, my I'm truth. Just yeah, that's, I'm just living my truth when I yeah, do that. Yeah. You know, I try to try to tell my wife that no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it's such a hard thing. It's, it's, it's a very poor standard and it's such a uh, burdensome life to be your own standard. Because if you're, you're constantly changing, mm-hmm. you're constantly responding and altering yourself and you're the standard for truth. Oh man, that's gotta be such a burden. Yeah. Um, and for just to have the freedom to understand that truth is totally beyond you. Um, and truth is truth, no matter your position in it. Mm-hmm. That is actually freeing. It doesn't sound freeing, but um, the truth yeah. will set you free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's freeing if you're a Christian, because otherwise yeah. if you're not, then it's, it's, condemning because then you're yeah it's condemning yeah yeah Yeah. the truth will set you free that's right (laughs) oh man anything else you can think of that you want to i could i could pull things out of my head all day but no yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh man it's been a good conversation bro it's yeah for sure we've enjoyed it Uh, thank you for coming back on and being a repeat offender yeah anytime (laughs) uh yeah i I think like the most important thing that you said all in like this whole thing is that it it has to ultimately um the solution to our problems is jesus christ and it's that we have to put our faith and trust in him the truth will set us free and he is the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through him and that's does that like does our life get easier when we become Christians? No. Like, do we still have to deal with the sin in this world? Yes. 
but ultimately Jesus Christ will make all things new. We'll have a new heavens and a new earth where there will be no racism. There'll be no sin. And that's, I mean, that's the hope we have as Christians. And it reconciles us as brothers and sisters, like as you're my brother, man. Like you're my brother. Yeah. Right. Yep. My last name is Rodriguez. Your last name is Warsham. We're obviously different. My name is Angel. I have a girl name in English, but it's (laughs) Angel. And it's heavenly name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because we're from different cultures, but we're brothers in Christ. Like we are. You're my brother in Christ. We believe. There's such a freedom. You know? Yeah, dude, like we have the same father. We follow this, like he's brought us together. We're part of the same body of Christ mm-hmm. and it don't matter. Like it doesn't matter. I'm from the Dominican Republic. And are you, where are you from, by the way? <laughs> I I was, yeah. So actually, if I really needed to pull out the card, I'm 25% Filipino. So. Oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> go. It counts. It counts. Yeah, right? it counts yeah. for something. You know, I'm only 75% white privilege. So it's, there we go. it's not as bad as. So the, we, can, we can discount 75% of what you said. The other yes. 25%. Yeah, but I get to pick. That's yes. The, that's <laughs> <the> part. <laughs> as part of your uh, Filipino. Uh, that's right. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing that, like I said before, like I grew up going to, to a Spain, like a, Spanish congregation. We spoke Spanish, mm-hmm. and we used to call the the uh, the English congregation the American Church. But I don't. I stopped using that term because I'm like, oh, just they just speak English because everybody yeah, like we yeah. can go to church there. We don't have to be American or whatever. Yeah, but like we have joint services, and it's like, yeah, dude, like we're we're all Christians, right? Like we're mm-hmm. all from every tribe and, and nation. There's people yeah. that are going to worship Christ, and yeah. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a good it's a good thing to be a part of. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that's that, that's ultimately the solution because it yep because it truly does bond us together over something that is true over yeah. the, the truth the the one true and living God and yeah that is freeing that's like yeah I, yep. I, I I hope more people <laughs> I pray more people repent of their sins and put trust in Christ yeah and uh, we follow what He says in His Word. We get rid of unjust laws and unjust um, ways of thinking about one another. Mm-hmm. That's the solution. Yep. Amen. Critical race theory needs to be the Not switch. So yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> It'll nah. be in hell for all eternity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I guess that's all we got. Nope. <laughs> I already asked before. I I forgot though. Did you like Chipotle or, or Qdoba better? Yeah, I was I was a Qdoba guy. I think yeah, I you know that's because of your white privilege. But never the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually no Qdobas around here, so I've been oh, to Chipotle more though. That's good. So. That's good. Got <laughs> and they have got queso it. now. So that's what that's what won that's me cool. over to okay. Qdoba. So hey, you know I can change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome bro well thank you for for uh coming on thank you everybody yeah, for, for listening it's been a while since we posted this up but we're back and we gave you a super long episode so hopefully those keep you satisfied and if you made yeah if you made it to the end of this I feel like, congrats yeah congratulations gold star yeah <laughs> i was gonna say like <laughs> send you a diploma or something i don't know <laughs> like i feel like you're well more well versed than 
more just because all the stuff you talked about and <laughs> i know i am like I, I didn't know a lot of the history behind it everything i said is gone now so yeah. it's on you yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man but uh yeah peace out yeah